Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. Welcome back to another season of DesignCast. I'm so pleased and humbled that we are now starting season six of DesignCast. It is such a pleasure to have you back. Thank you for sharing with your friends. Thank you for sharing the love with me. I really, really do appreciate it. And thank you for what all you have been sending me. It's been so very encouraging. And again, I am very humble for all of this great feedback that you guys have been giving me. So thank you again for being such great fans of the podcast. It is a labor of love, and I do appreciate all the ratings and reviews that people have been leaving. If you have not had a chance to do that, please swing by Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to listen to your podcast and subscribe, download, rate, review. I would really appreciate that. So for our first guest on season six, it is going to be an excellent discussion that I had with Troy Harkin. Troy is a design teacher and tech coach in Shanghai, China. And I know that you're going to really love this discussion that we had. It was just such a great time together. He has such great insight and I have no doubt in my mind you're going to enjoy it. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking this out. And without further ado, here's Troy Harkin. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm here with Troy Harkin today. Troy, how are you? Doing great, Jason. How are you doing, man? 
Oh man, I'm making it. I'm really trying to make it. I appreciate you mm. connecting with me and and Troy. Listen, thank you so much for being here. Can you introduce yourself and just tell a little bit about the story you've had becoming an educator? Yeah, sure. Wow. Where can I begin? Yeah. So when I first went to school for university, I guess I didn't plan on being an educator. I had a very, very strong level of mathematics and I decided to go to uh, school to learn how to do game programming and design, which was great. But then I was looking at some career prospects from that and realized that maybe I wanted to transition into something else, which led to a variety of degrees. And then my certification in secondary mathematics, which led to a master's. And along this whole path, I've been doing a mix in most of my career of uh, teaching mathematics and later design. But these days I teach a design tech. And when I'm not doing that, I serve as one of the instructional coaches at my school. Excellent. And so when you say design tech, what are some of the things that you guys do? Such a good question. It's a, still a relatively new program at my school. This is our third year running it within the middle school, which is where I uh, teach. And the emphasis has been on showing kids a selection of design processes that they can then apply to go about and make a variety of solutions. And so we try to get students into the mindset that they are ones that can not just make things, but also be able to identify problems, iterate on some of their original designs, develop prototypes, test them out, and then refine them and make them better. And then through this journey, students get to explore a variety of tools, both physical and digital in nature, um, across a variety of projects. And like I said, this is our uh, third year running it now, and so it's still a growing program. So every year we seem to add a bit more to it in terms of the experiences students can have. But it's been it's been a lot of fun, man. Like you know, I get to play with some really cool tools and show kids uh, you know how to use some amazing machines, and then also watch their eyes light up when like they actually create something that works. And so yeah, it's it's about that aspect of it. I think more than anything, more it's it's more than the tools, right? But it's definitely. Um, been really cool to see like these kids, you know, actually create things that, that work. Yeah. The tools don't hurt, do they? (laughs) No, no. Tools can help them make cool things that work. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, just helping them explore what that means and what it actually looks like to design things, not just making things for the sake of making. And we just, we come back to that a lot in class. So very cool. And Troy, some of the things you said makes me think about design thinking and that whole sort of way of, of approaching a problem. Do you guys use that protocol or that sort of mindset pretty often? Or is that, am I just reading too much into it? No, like design thinking is is one of the tools that we use in our school. And it's and it happens at all levels of the school as well, down in elementary and, and as well as in high. And we do use it as a way of students being able to learn how to ask good questions and start to try to get to the roots of problems before they actually go forth and learn how to make things. So that whole aspect of empathizing and being able to identify uh, problems and how the more successful they are at that the more likely it is that whatever it is that they make is able to solve the problem in some aspect has been pretty effective. So we use design thinking as one of our methods of teaching design at our school. And it's uh, it's neat because students before that really don't get exposed to it as much. But we've been working on that part of it, I'd say, in our program. And the more kids get into it, the more they realize, oh, right. Okay, so this is what it's about. And from there, they can do really cool things. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for that. And so you mentioned you're working in the middle school. What have been some 
uh, really easy things for you to implement regarding design in this program in the middle school where you are? I'd say some of the easy things to implement is that uh, I feel like we've been able to take some risks and try some new things as, as it's been a, a young program. And so with that, we've been able to explore a variety of tools like both physical and digital in nature. On the digital side, kids didn't come in with a lot of experience with CAD. And so a lot of our fabrication stuff can be done within Tinkercad. And then they learn some, some of the more advanced things that you can actually do with the program in that regard. And so they can use that as one of the tools throughout the class. But then we also explore game design and programming, which relates back to you know, part of my earlier educational journey, I'm now able to teach it as much as I was taught. But then we also get into, yeah, using a variety of hand tools and power tools and drills and things like that. So in terms of, I guess, what's been easy has been that we've been able to explore the program and build. But before we explore, we already identified some of the outcomes that we like to have with the students in terms of what it is they like to take away from their learning. And because of that, we can kind of fit in anything into the program, it seems, mm-hmm. where they're able to design mm-hmm. solutions. Very cool. Thank you for that. And of course, the opposite side of that is what have been some challenges that you faced in creating this program that's now three years old? Some of the challenges, I think, have been, of course, with the pandemic. Uh, we've had to shift a lot of our plans in the in some of the earlier days of the program into uh, a completely virtual environment. But luckily, we were able to still have students create, I think, at that point for us. And that was when most of them were in the process of learning how to do game programming and design. And so they would go forth over a couple of weeks uh, learning how to program games using JavaScript or Python or block-based using Microsoft MakeCode and build programs in that way. But I would say that some of the challenges might have been as the program expands and evolves, like where do we start to focus it in some areas, if you will? While yes, we can design and make with many different tools and things, but building a, a solid curriculum around it, I wouldn't say it's been necessarily like very challenging, but it's been sometimes hard to say, okay, we're doing this project now, but now we're going to completely shift gears and we move into uh, fabrication. Now we're going to switch gears again and move into robotics and seeing where that can all fit. It's been a fun challenge, though, I would say. And then it just makes us think about what it is that we want again, going back to the thing where we want to expose students to these ways of using their ideas and coming up with their ideas and being able to make things using a variety of things. It's just been a matter of, okay, how do we want them to do it next? Yeah. Thank you for that. And so knowing sort of where you guys are based, (laughs) how have you had challenges in getting the materials and the tools and the equipment and things that you need? We've been able to get most things locally sourced in terms of machinery, in terms of access to some of our digital tools that we use. There hasn't really been any major issues with that. I guess sometimes I would make the mistake of, say, ordering, you know, 10 LEDs, for example, but then maybe I put it down wrong and I realized that because of my uh, lack of language acquisition at the moment that I end up ordering like 100 or 1,000. So like sometimes... When I read it, I'm like, oh, I want 10 LEDs. It's actually, no, it's actually 10 packs of 100 LEDs. I go, oh, okay, well, that's way too much. So sometimes I get the consumables off, but that's been that's been cleared up, I'd say, over time when we realize when we come back to similar projects, say, okay, it's not that one. Now it's this one. But in general, we're able to get things resourced, resourced here. 
So that hasn't been Fantastic. too much of a problem. Things have definitely improved. That's great, man. Sure. And you know, at yeah. least now you have plenty of LEDs. So that's that's always a plus. I do. Have. And now we're like, what can we do with LEDs now, guys? You know, you what are we going to do? make an entire robot out of LEDs. That sounds great. I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a couple of them. So, Troy, let me ask you this. So what is your vision? You know, this is I know that probably you've kind of had a kind of a rocky start in the sense that you had a year and then than the pandemic and now you're kind of emerging from that you know what what is your vision for the program at the school i know that it's been really really fun to teach and i've worked with some amazing collaborators the entire time in terms of throwing around ideas and things like that i would say the vision would be looking at ways in which the program has been expanding upwards into the high school and finding those connections between what is it that we want students to be able to explore when they start middle school that they can then use to help transfer their thinking and their processes and all of that when they get into high school. So the vision would be coming up with, I would say, a more a solid path or options of pathways, if you will. So when they're done in middle school, where can we take them in high school? And then after high school, where is it that they can go? What are they prepared for? So I think, yeah, getting that in alignment as much as possible. And then also using that to help create new opportunities for kids to explore and make and create and think and do all these wonderful things. Very cool. Yeah, that that pathways discussion is incredibly important because without that, you know, you're just sort of your bookend, you know, you're in, you've got a bookend on each side that doesn't really lead to anything. So it's really important to have that. And so I'm, I'm, Really loving to hear that you guys are talking about that and thinking about it. That's awesome. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Troy, let me ask you this. What are you really excited about at the moment? What's really, really got you just thinking about really innovative, exciting things? At the moment, the students in the middle school are one of my classes in the middle school. They've been organizing and preparing part of our school's exhibit for an upcoming Maker Fair. As part of the Maker Fair, they planned out this project that's ultimately, we're trying to have it be an interactive wall where the students are able to digitally fabricate something that represents one of their dreams or a variety of their dreams. The tricks have been coming up with what the theme for that could be, what it could look like, and then also the constraints about, you know, how is it that they're going to connect and move and how is it that people will be able to interact with them. But it's been coming along really, really nicely, I would say, overall. The machines have been doing a lot of work trying to print out a lot of these dreams for the kids, which has been sometimes, you know, ah, frustrating. But then it all you know, I always said it and then they keep going again so that printers are using are getting a lot of work right now to make sure that these dreams come true for the kids. But ultimately, this project's going to have around around approximately 100 different artifacts that are all physically connected in some way around this idea of what is it that their dreams are for the future. And um, this has been a plan for a bit now that we're starting to make come to fruition, thanks to my wonderful colleagues. But then also the students have been able to run with it and actually make something that will be on display for the public. So a lot of different things that they had to consider as part of the design of this and the planning of it and their implementation of it, but it's coming together, which is, which is great. So that's something I've been excited about for sure. 
you know, thinking about being out again and, and doing things with other people. You know, I, I think we all need that. And so that is so exciting to hear that things are moving forward with that. So awesome. I can't yeah, wait to too. follow up with you on that, Troy. That'll be really cool. <laughs> it's exciting. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of good work and it's, and it's exciting. So, yeah. You mentioned before, sorry, Troy, that you That's also good. work, you do some tech coaching or innovation coaching. What, what is this other role that you have? So when I'm not teaching uh, design, I serve as one of our school's instructional tech coaches. And so I put on a, a rather different hat for my work day sometimes. And that's more about looking and planning with teachers about ways in which they can use tech tools within the school to help promote different types of learning experiences for the kids and help teachers come up with ways in which they can they can make that happen. That leads to a variety of opportunities, either with middle of the day activities or linking with like science and things like that, for example, to help them use different types of tools. So yeah, so my counterparts and I, who also teach design and serve as tech coaches, we have these dual roles. And then I find myself kind of jumping in between sometimes where it's like, man, my students in my design class could do this with you guys. And then at the same time, I put them a tech coach hat and I say, okay, actually, if you try to use these two tools, then this will help maybe create or show what it is that you want your kids to be able to do. Yeah, it's it's fun. Both are very worthwhile, I would say. So very yeah. cool. And that brings me to my next question, which is what is one ed tech tool that you cannot live without? See, and you had to put ed tech in front of it too. So it's I like, did, you know, so I did. Much. There was a reason no, no, I asked I like, you that what? first question, yeah. buddy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. One ed tech tool that I can't live without right now. This is actually a really hard question. The I know, I man, it's hard to bo boil it down, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can, I can talk about like Canva or I could talk about, you know, Microsoft 365. Yeah. There's a bunch I know Canva has been really, really good because a lot of teachers have been picking it up and they've also changed the way in which teachers can have accounts and students can create their own projects and things like that online. That's been a really, really good positive shift overall. And what's that, what that's allowed students to do is be able to show their thinking in very, very nice, creative ways across all their classes. So I'm going to go with Canva for now. Hey, man, yeah, I will take it. Canva's pretty good. You will not be the first person, and I know you won't be the last to, to say, I agree with you. I think it's even gotten better and, and smoother and a lot slicker to use, especially with yeah. students. And so there's so many applications that they can integrate with or share into. Yeah. They're pretty smart, those those guys at Canva. They those are. Smart. Yeah, Definitely pretty smart. smart. So another quick fire question for you, Troy, and what what is the book that you would recommend everyone stop right now and read? I'm trying to think. We just had a big push at our school library a few weeks ago where they all of our new books for the year got released for people to check out. I got one. It's on my shelf next to me, and I can't remember the name of it at the moment. But that's more of a personal read. I guess one book that I always come back to for ideas and ways of thinking is like Gary Steger and Sylvia Martinez's book on Invent to Learn. Their book, Invent to Learn, Making, Tinkering, and Engineering in the Classroom, that's a book I always tend to go back to and learn from and think about for, for my day-to-day -day of teaching and design and making things. I think it's becoming a classic these days now, but Invent to Learn, if they haven't read it yet, that's definitely a good book. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a great reads shelf that I put everyone's recommendations on. So that's a new one to add to the shelf there, Troy. Thank you mm, so much for that. Good. Awesome. <laughs> well, listen, Troy, if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about what you're doing, that kind of thing, what's the best way to do that? You can find me on Twitter and my handle is HarkinWorld, H-A-R-K-I-N, World.
called. I don't know why I made word. it at the time, but that's what it is. All one word. Fantastic. I assume from there you can launch out to the rest of your online presence. For anything I do that's teaching related, it'll be on there for sure. Awesome. That's great. Troy, listen, this has been awesome. I would really love to have, I actually would love to have maybe you and Alex on at the same time sometime since you okay. both kind of are partners in crime. So maybe we can make yeah. that happen a little bit later in the year, but I'm excited to hear about your Maker Fair. I'm excited to hear about all the developments you guys are having at your school. So thank, thank you, you so much for spending time with me. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Jason, it's been a pleasure to catch up, man. I appreciate the work that you do to give design <laughs> teachers and this way of voice, you know, around the world. I know it helps inspire others, man. So thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, Troy. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.